0: Thank you for standing by. This is the Conference Operator. Welcome to the Shopify Third Quarter 2020 Financial Results Conference Call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to
1: Katie Kada, Director of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. We are joined this morning by Toby Lutka, Shopify's CEO, Harley Finkelstein, Shopify's president, and Amy Shapiro, our CFO. After some brief prepared remarks by Harley and Amy, we will open it up for your questions. We will make forward-looking statements on our call today that are based on assumptions, and therefore subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected. We undertake no obligation to update these statements, except as required by law. You can read about these risks and uncertainties in our press release this morning, as well as in our filings with US and Canadian regulators. Note that the adjusted financial measures we speak to today are non-GAAP measures, which are not a substitute for GAAP financial measures. Reconciliations between the two can be found in our earnings press release. And finally, we report in U.S. dollars, so all amounts discussed today are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise indicated. With that, I turn the call over to Harley.
2: Thanks, Katie, and good morning, everyone. We continue to see incredible demand as the decisive shift to digital commerce persisted in our third quarter. And more entrepreneurs than ever before turn to Shopify to start, to run and to grow their businesses. Making commerce better for everyone is what we do. And Shopify is achieving this by lowering the barrier to entry to entrepreneurship. Last quarter, I outlined several initiatives we shipped to help merchants adapt quickly to a rapidly changing retail environment triggered by COVID, getting them online fast and building resilience into their businesses at a really challenging time. We believe these changes in the landscape will endure as consumers' new shopping behaviors stick and become the new normal. Shopify has always taken, and always will take, a merchant-first approach. This year, this translated to an increased urgency around helping entrepreneurs to get online fast and start selling easily, to get discovered, and to get their products to buyers. Today, I'll talk about how our efforts are paying off for our merchants and for Shopify. In Q3, a record number of merchants became paid subscribers to Shopify, even excluding merchants who converted following the end of their 90-day extended free trial. The extended free trial made it easier for new stores to get online fast and make sales, enabling many of these entrepreneurs to generate cash while their physical stores were shut down at the onset of the pandemic. Some of these businesses made their first online sale faster than typical entrepreneurs coming online for the first time, proving out the power of omni-channel commerce for brick and mortar retailers. Fast transitions, like this contributed to Shopify's tremendous GMV performance, which increased 109% over the same quarter last year. Not only did we help merchants get up and running quickly, we gave them more tools to get them discovered by new buyers, shipping native sales channels through integrations like Facebook shops, Walmart, and Pinterest. It's early days, but given the traffic to these venues from browsers and buyers, merchants are well positioned to benefit from the increased number of eyeballs on their brand and their products. Sales channels will continue to expand as TikTok will be testing with a limited number of Shopify merchants, features that make it easy for them to sell organically directly from their videos and their profile pages. Channels are supplemented by our expanding marketing capabilities that help drive traffic to our merchant stores, opening up their buyer universe with features like TikTok for business and strengthening relationships with existing buyers. Ease of repurchase by fans that a merchant has already won over is critical. Research has found that 80% of a business's future profits come from buyers they've sold to before. Merchants are increasingly leveraging how easy we make it for them to remarket by using tools like Shopify email through which merchants have sent 500 million emails through email campaigns since launching the product in the first quarter of this year. After getting online and getting discovered, merchants need to get their products to buyers. Step one is helping buyers check out quickly and easily while giving them flexible payment options. Both benefits shown to improve sales conversion. Providing an amazing shopping experience through fast and easy checkout is exactly what ShopPay, our accelerated checkout, does. ShopPay has experienced phenomenal growth since its launch three years ago, facilitating over $14 billion in GMV, with more than 60 million buyers opted in at the end of Q3, facilitating more Shopify GMV than Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Amazon Pay combined. Not only does ShopPay offer frictionless checkout, but it enables buyers to offset the carbon emissions produced by their deliveries. We started rolling out our buy now, pay later product, ShopPay installments in the US in Q3. ShopPay installments lets merchants give buyers more options by paying in installments with no interest and no fees. Installment products are gaining in popularity as consumers look for alternative payment methods to credit cards. In addition to improving sales conversion, Businesses offering buy now pay later options have seen higher cart sizes and an increase in repeat customers. ShopPay is also integrated into the Shop app, a personal shopping app that helps merchants deepen their relationships with existing buyers through a fantastic shopping experience that includes a smooth path to checkout, product recommendations from the merchants they love, and order tracking so buyers can keep up to date on delivery status. The Shop app has reached nearly 10 million monthly active users with thousands of merchants leveraging the built-in features to strengthen their relationship with buyers and increase customer lifetime value. Getting goods to buyers also means delivering a great post-sale experience through fast and affordable fulfillment. More than half of eligible merchants in the U.S. and Canada adopted Shopify shipping in our third quarter, up from 45% in the same period last year. Physical retail merchants also continue to offer buyers ways to receive their goods at a safe distance using curbside pickup and local delivery. And of course, we continue to build the Shopify fulfillment network to help democratize fulfillment for merchants of all sizes. Turning to Shopify Plus, which had another incredible quarter, we added a record number of merchants for the second quarter in a row, and Shopify Plus merchants use more merchant solutions, including Shopify Payments and Shopify Capital, as they scale their businesses. Enterprise brands are realizing that the center of gravity is shifting from digital commerce being an add-on to now being the control center, or as I like to say, their retail operating system for their business. These large merchants are realizing that having a modern, agile, and flexible commerce solution is paramount, and that Shopify Plus represents this on multiple fronts, offering multi-channel commerce, flexibility and partner integrations, a fast and reliable tech stack, and constant innovation. Considering its low cost of ownership, Shopify Plus is becoming the obvious choice. More notable brands across a variety of verticals launched stores with Shopify Plus in our third quarter, including the following. The global luxury brand, Dior. Women's fashion brand, BCBG Max Azria. Motion Picture Production House, Paramount Pictures. Sustainable fashion brand, Matt and Nat, Meat alternative food producer, Beyond Meats. Nutrition bar company, Cliff Bar multinational telecommunications company, Telefonica, and weight loss brand, Jenny Craig. Turning to our partner ecosystem, which has become a true competitive advantage for Shopify. As of Q3, more than 37,000 partners referred merchants to Shopify over the past 12 months. Our partners make Shopify better for every merchant, helping to extend Shopify's functionality via our APIs, so merchants can customize their stores and meet their unique commerce needs. Partners also work with merchants to build their brand and stores on Shopify. Through these challenging times, they have played a vital role in helping our merchants get online fast, contributing to both the success of our merchants as well as Shopify. The majority of respondents to a recent merchant survey conducted by Shopify anticipate more online than in-store purchasing during this year's Black Friday Cyber Monday weekend. In fact, More than half of the retail merchants that responded are actively making improvements to their online store to make up for anticipated lower in-store sales that weekend. Our merchants need our help to navigate this new territory. And we're working hard to help merchants make the most of BFCM, not just with features and functionality, but with helpful content ranging from optimizing the performance of their online store to promoting their brands in a way that creates value beyond the holiday shopping weekend. Entrepreneurs are the backbone of our economies. And Shopify is doing everything we can to make more of them and make them stronger. Before I hand it off to Amy, I want to share a merchant interaction with Tanita, who owns Status Co. Leather Studio in Alabama, that illustrates why Shopify exists. We are here to make the opportunity for entrepreneurship accessible to everyone, because commerce is far better when more independent voices participate.
3: Okay, perfect. Congratulations, Tanita.
4: Well I thank you because I'm 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 really can I express something to you? Please please and this this is on the side of the situation demographically being a woman, being an African American woman in terms of traditional funding, many times it is just totally out of the question and not available because whatever systems are in place and i'm going to tell you shopify providing this opportunity on a general level you are really making an impact on a lot of people a lot of women and a lot of women of color who pursue businesses and this was the only option that was available for actual capital um funding and I really appreciate you all for that. And if if people don't know what Shopify does in that in that sense, I don't think a lot of people realize how valuable that particular funding option is for a lot of people. And I just wanted to thank you all for that.
5: Thanks, Harley. As that conversation just illustrated, businesses of all sizes rely on Shopify during these challenging times. We are in lockstep with them on their journey, as demonstrated by another strong quarter thanks to e-commerce tailwinds, our merchants' resilience, and the continued strong execution by the Shopify team. Revenue nearly doubled once again in our third quarter to $767.4 million, up 96% over the same period last year, driven by strong performance from both our merchant solutions and subscription solutions segments. Subscription solutions revenue increased 48% year-over-year to $245.3 million, largely due to exceptional growth in monthly recurring revenue. MRR growth accelerated to 47% year-over-year to $74.4 million, as merchants from both the 90-day free trial offered from March 21st through May 31st, and standard 14-day free trial offered from June 1st onwards, converted into paying merchants in the quarter, creating a double-cohort effect. While demand remains higher for subscriptions compared to pre-COVID levels, we do not expect the year-on-year MRR growth rate in Q4 to match what we saw in Q3, given the benefit to third-quarter results from this double-cohort effect. Shopify Plus contributed $18.7 million to MRR, or 25%, compared with 27% of MRR in Q3 of 2019 as the strong growth of standard MRR outstripped that of Shopify Plus, primarily due to the double cohort effect just discussed, as Shopify Plus was excluded from the 90-day free trial. Merchant Solutions revenue grew 132% to $522.1 million in Q3, compared to the same period in 2019. This tremendous growth was driven primarily by Merchant's strong sales, with GMV increasing 109% year-over-year to $30.9 billion, and increased adoption of Shopify payments, capital, and shipping, driving revenue from these products higher. $14 billion of GMV was processed on Shopify payments in Q3, an increase of 124% versus the comparable quarter last year. Payments penetration of GMV was 45% versus 42% in Q3 2019, and up more than a half a percentage point over Q2 this year. New merchants across all segments joining the platform opted to use Shopify payments, and Shopify Plus and international merchants expanded their share of GPV year over year. Demand for Shopify capital increased in Q3, with merchants receiving $252.1 million in funding across the US, the UK, and Canada in preparation for the holiday selling season. This record quarter for capital represents a 79% increase in funding over the third quarter of 2019, while maintaining loss ratios in line with historical periods. Businesses need financial resources to survive and fulfill their potential, especially in these uncertain times. And as you heard just now, capital greatly increases the value of Shopify to our merchants. Adjusted gross profit dollars grew 88% over last year's third quarter to $412.6 million, which reflects the significantly greater mix of merchant solutions revenue versus last year, the acquisition of Six River Systems in Q4 of last year, and our ramp-up of investment in Shopify fulfillment network. Adjusted operating income was $130.9 million in the third quarter, compared to adjusted operating income of $10.5 million in the third quarter of 2019, reflecting our strong revenue performance in the quarter. Adjusted net income for the quarter was $140.8 million, or $1.13 per diluted share compared with adjusted net loss of $33.6 million, or $0.29 per diluted share, in last year's third quarter. Adjusted net income in this year's third quarter excludes an unrealized gain on an equity investment of $133.2 million, or $1.07 per share. Stock-based compensation and related payroll taxes of $75.4 million, or $0.60 per share, and other adjustments totaling $7.5 million, or $0.06 per share. Finally, our cash, cash equivalents, and marketable securities balance was $6.1 billion on September 30th, strengthened by the capital we raised in our third quarter, which provides us more flexibility to pursue our growth strategies. The pandemic has fast-tracked commerce to digital domains, and there is incredible demand on both the merchant and consumer sides to enhance the commerce experience. Shopify is in a unique position to help entrepreneurs in this emerging landscape. Our investments in core expansion and ambition initiatives, which correspond to near, medium, and long-term return horizons, pave the way for building a powerful global commerce operating system that is the one thing merchants need to start and scale a successful business. I already provided an update on Shopify Plus, a key core initiative, so I will start with progress on our expansion investments, international expansion, and retail POS. In Q3, we continued to build product market fit for our international merchants, making it easier for them to get online and start selling. Our merchant admin, partner admin, and theme store are now available in 20 languages. With the recent launch of Shopify Payments in Belgium, which supports payments with credit cards, band contact debit cards, and local payment method ideal, Shopify Payments is now available in 17 countries. The more intuitive we make our platform regionally, the more we're seeing our merchants succeed as reflected in the strong year-over-year GMB growth from our international merchants in the third quarter. And our work localizing and focus international markets continues. We are digging into complex areas to deepen our product market fit, such as evolving the merchant user experience, growing our partner ecosystem, launching more sales channels, simplifying cross-border and mobile commerce, and introducing new ways to get products to buyers, such as pickup points, which are quite popular in Europe. Retail merchants have been extremely resilient, finding new ways to reopen and operate safely, such as adjusting the flow of in-store traffic, appointment-only shopping, using curbside pickup and local delivery features, or changing store hours to accommodate demand. As our merchants adapted, we saw retail GMV recover and exceed pre-COVID levels in Q3. Retail merchants are increasingly adopting our all-new POS software and tap-and-chip hardware for a seamless omnichannel channel experience. POS Pro features, and in particular smart inventory management, are especially resonating with retail merchants as they face capital constraints due to limitations relating to social distancing measures. Our smart inventory management capabilities enable merchants to effectively create and manage purchase orders accurately transfer, receive, and track inventory across locations, and perform demand forecasting so merchants can proactively stock up with the right products, helping to reduce errors and optimize inventory decision-making. Turning to our ambition initiatives, first addressing Shopify Fulfillment Network, we made solid progress in Q3 as we continued to develop the foundation of our Fulfillment Network software infrastructure, activated more partner nodes in the U.S., added six river systems, technology, and more partner nodes, expanded our set of transportation partners, and enhanced the merchant-facing app and merchant support functions. We continue to enroll merchants and fulfill volumes at a rate where we can maintain high-quality standards. With Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday shopping season around the corner, our fulfillment network is preparing for a rise in demand in view of the dramatic shift to online commerce. We're working with our partners to increase staffing within fulfillment warehouses, keeping health and safety top of mind, as well as with our carrier partners to mitigate capacity issues by optimizing processes. And we're staying close to our merchants, communicating frequently and educating them on how they can best prepare for the selling opportunities and the challenges they may face due to higher demand on logistics networks. Building a vertically integrated fulfillment service is complex, and we continue to be in the testing stages of a very young product. We are committed to building a reliable fulfillment solution so our merchants can focus on building a successful business. In Q3, Six River Systems hosted its second annual user conference, Flow 2020, announcing a host of enhancements to its wall-to-wall fulfillment solution that gives warehouses more visibility into and control of their operations. Retailers are being impacted by the secular shift from pallets to parcels in the B2B space, along with increasing labor shortages and rising labor costs associated with the pandemic. As a result, Six River Systems' automated fulfillment technology is resonating more than ever, as these businesses seek a flexible, scalable, and cost-effective solution. This translated into Six River Systems' strongest quarter ever for bookings, as new customers signed on and existing customers added to their orders in preparation for the peak holiday shopping season. Wrapping up, Shopify is helping merchants adapt and thrive in today's environment and to succeed over the long term. Through a steady pace of innovation that solves merchant pain points over different time horizons, we're building a global commerce operating system that aims to stand the test of time and future-proof our merchants' businesses. The immediate future remains uncertain, however, as the second wave of the COVID pandemic hits regions around the world. What is clear is that the spirit of entrepreneurship is strong, and access to entrepreneurship needs to be in the hands of the many, not the few. Shopify remains committed to lowering the barriers to entry to entrepreneurship so that anyone with an idea and a desire is able to reach for their independence. With that, I'll turn the call back to Katie.
1: Thanks, Amy. Uh, before I turn the call over to the operator for your questions, I want to remind everybody to please try to limit yourself to just one question, and um, and we'll, let's get going. Ariel?
0: We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then 2. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Thomas Forte of DA Davidson. Please go ahead.
6: Great. Thanks for taking my question. So I know you discussed this at length in the prepared remarks, but I wanted to highlight my question and get your short answer on it. So I think this is going to be a very challenging holiday from a
3: supply chain and logistics standpoint. So what gives you confidence in your merchant's ability to have
6: in-stock inventory for the upcoming holiday and for Shopify Fulfillment Network's ability to deliver products in time for holiday? Thanks for taking my question.
2: Thanks for that question. It's Harley here. So a couple things uh, to to point out. First of all, as we mentioned in the prepared remarks, we now have 51% of our merchants, elder merchants, using Shopify shipping. That's up from 45% uh, last year. Um, now, seeing more of merchants use Shopify shipping means that as the entire macro environment for shipping uh, has you know has issues, we think Shopify merchants are a better positioned. We're also working with them now to uh, ensure that they advise customers when purchasing that there may be some some delays based on either supply chain or on the last mile side of things. That being said. Um, you know, our focus in 2020 on, around SFN is to achieve product market fit, which we plan to continue up to, into 2021. We want to ensure that the foundation of the fulfillment network is strong and the merchant's experience is outstanding before we enter sort of the scale phase. But in terms of how we're arming uh, our merchants or arming the rebels to ensure that they have a great holiday season, we're doing everything we can to make sure that we give them the tools, the information, and the context so that they can uh, ensure that their end consumers uh, understand and appreciate what is what is happening, but uh, so far so good. We see that uh, there has not been too much of a slowdown, and again, more people using Shopify shipping means that more people have more merchants have more information.
0: Our next question, thanks, Tom. Um, our next question comes from Ken Wong of Guggenheim Securities. Please go ahead.
6: Great, uh, thank, thank, thanks for taking my question. Uh, another solid quarter, guys, and. I just wanted to maybe pick your brain, Harley, in terms of kind of what you guys saw from a linearity perspective as far as merchant growth and GMV volumes through the quarter. And and then to the extent that you're able to comment uh, just kind of how you're thinking about the the shape of the holiday season, lots of moving pieces there from macro to elections to social distancing and just the surge online, Uh, you know, how might this comp to, to maybe Black Friday last year?
2: Yeah, thanks for the question, Ken. A couple of things. First of all, I, I think the Black Friday Cyber uh, Monday weekend is now becoming an entire season. So we're certainly seeing merchants start much faster. We also know that uh, more consumers have, have already decided to do the majority of their holiday shopping online. And so obviously that's going to provide some some good tailwinds to our merchants. In terms of GMV, uh, as Amy mentioned, plus merchants certainly continue to grow their share of GMV and were one of the biggest contributors to GMV in absolute terms. International merchants also maintain their share of GMV and continue to grow uh, quickly year over year. This is mostly coming from apparel, accessories, and, and cosmetics. Those are sort of the, the largest ranking categories and verticals for us. That said, uh, with the onset of COVID and the pandemic, we are seeing food, beverage, and tobacco continue to experience strong growth in in Q3 as well. So the nice part about our GMV growth is that it's not coming from any one particular uh, vertical. It's not coming from any one particular type of merchant. It's coming across the board, and uh, and we look forward to a very strong uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and holiday season.
5: Yeah, and I think if I could just add, um, you would ask. Uh, at the very beginning of your question about merchant growth. Um, So I want to just highlight that we did have a record quarter in Q3 for merchant growth uh, due to the double cohort effect that I talked about in my opening remarks. Uh, But I think it's really important to emphasize uh, that even excluding the 90-day free trialists who converted in Q3, we still would have seen an acceleration in our merchant growth over pre-COVID levels. Which tells you that there are more merchants coming to the platform with this shift to online commerce and, and COVID. The, the demand for the platform has increased as we're seeing uh, more business generation occur in this environment and uh, a desire for multi channel commerce.
1: Thank you, Ken. Our next question. Next question, comes,
0: please. Our next question comes from City Penography of Mizzou. Please go ahead.
3: Yeah. Thanks for taking my question. I just wanted to, uh, 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 just a follow-up to last uh, question. You mentioned 71% increase in new store creation in Q2, and mostly they were 90 days free trial. So how was the conversion rate from that free trial, considering subscription revenue grew 48%, and how was the new shop creation trend again in this quarter?
5: Yeah, so uh, the new store creation in Q2 uh, were the the new stores coming on the platform associated with a 90-day free trial. So we were not able to count them as merchants in Q2. Uh, we saw uh, many of them convert uh, to paying merchants in Q3. The conversion rates uh, that we've seen on the 90-day free trial list uh is slightly lower than cohorts um historically on 14-day free trials, but we think that's okay because they're more intentional when they convert because they've had a longer time period. The um, data that we have in the uh, three months and some of the earliest 90 day free trial cohorts have converted suggests that those merchants that um, have a higher retention uh than fourteen day free trialists. We know many of them coming online in Q two were established businesses looking for a multi channel um platform. And um and so we believe that uh those ninety day free trialists will be uh more sticky uh than uh, the fourteen day free trialist cohorts historically. Thank you.
1: Thank you, City.
0: Our next question comes from Colin Sebastian of Baird. Please go ahead.
6: Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my question and congrats to Harley on the new title. Uh, I was hoping you could talk about the combination of shop pay and the shop app in terms of how this benefits merchants, I assume in areas such as conversion rates or repeat order volume, and if there are plans to push adoption of these more consumer-facing services more aggressively in the year ahead. Uh, through more marketing, advertising, or other promotions. Thank you.
3: Hey, this is Toby. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, shop, shop, uh, app and, uh, shop pay, um, they, they're connected in as much as this is like the brand to the buyers. Like this is always a little bit hard to appreciate from, from all perspectives because you, 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 all have a good, um, understanding of Shopify, the company. But again, shop, Shopify is a brand to Um, uh, merchant entrepreneurs, um, and um, um, we decided to go with Shop for on, on a, on a, on a buyer-facing side. So this is clearly something we are doing now, um, like more of now. Um, I, I, I don't have specific plans for uh, like, like media purchases or so in, 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 in amplification of our um, Shop and Shop Pay are growing really, really, really good um, uh, on, on merit, I think, uh, right now, and um, because they solve real problems. And, um, it's, it's, it's a focus of ours. We, we, we want to try to figure out how to, uh, make all of, like all of commerce is very, 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 um, like the way it organically sort of coalesced, um, onto the internet. It's, it's, it's very, um, there's very strong lines of delineation. Like uh, you, 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 you go to basically, uh, we started in the 2000s where you go to a browser and you, uh, hopefully made your way some, some way to an online store and, the moment you place the purchase, it, like, the role of the e-commerce software has really stopped. It might have sent you some emails, but you had to go, like, to an email client to figure out, um, where your order is. Maybe it had a tracking number. It takes you to USPS and there you figure out maybe they can look up the thing wherever your package is. And, and, uh, if you ever want to do a return, you go find the email, ideally with a search, if you can even find it. And, and, you know, like, it's an, it's, it's it's a it's a janky as hell experience <laughs> um we we all got used to it so we're familiar with it, but that doesn't mean it's good so um we we are trying to um like as much as shop as i can we, we try to aim for global maxima uh, accepting sort of a winding path towards there um and um uh shop pay specifically avoiding that anyone has to you know, enter their address with their thumbs um and um uh, the shop app and taking the LAU to the uh, personal computer of our times, which is the phone, um, and uh, telling you exactly your packages and when it might be arriving and um, further into the relationship process. So this this is sort of a vision around it all. And um, you'll see a lot of brokers, I think, from us over the next while um, along those lines.
1: Great. Thank you, Colin.
0: Our next question comes from Josh Beck of KeyBank. Please go ahead.
6: Thank you for taking the question. Um, you mentioned that Six River, I believe, had its strongest bookings quarter ever, uh, I think which is a great example of, of, of the product and, and the interest. I'm a little bit curious about its application within SFN. Uh, really, if you could maybe just talk about how that's progressing and, and how important uh, the robotics automation component is to really be able to scale, uh, SFN over time.
3: Yeah, so SFN and Six River systems, uh, exist at two different levels. Like what Six River systems does, uh, the role it has within uh, Shopify is to modernize the insights of the warehouse, um, and, and really get, um, the fulfillment warehouse to the point where it's almost a software addressable black box. It's it's obviously not what we're um, leading this, but like from the perspective of most of Shopify, which is a company that mostly does like things in software and in bytes, um, this is the ideal because once we can treat um, warehouses as a um, uh, basically a task management system where we just say, okay, this package has to go there, and uh, here's a uh, here's a pallet of things that need to be stocked and so on um and this can happen with 99 point something reliability and all these kind of things and the exceptions are managed um then uh as a then can think about warehouses globally right uh, and 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 say we can have uh, tens hundreds um uh potentially thousands potentially in uh, like partners uh, and some home uh ones um around the world and and, and balance the products that our customers need to where they need to uh, where, they, where they need to be stored. So um, uh, the, the robotics are really really important for, for a warehouse. They they increase efficiency enormously. Um, they like just gotten more important because um, of uh, you know it's easier to social distance amongst people than robots do a lot of uh, moving of things. Um, and uh, we're seeing really, really great results. It's a great product, and um, uh, those two things absolutely need each other to, to be successful.
0: Our next question comes from Paul Treber of RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
6: Well, thanks very much, and good morning. Uh this is a follow up a little bit of a follow up to Toby's uh, previous comment or first comment. Uh but there's been obviously massive acceleration in e commerce, uh, but it's been in a unique environment with so many people working from home. Broadly, what's your view on the biggest remaining points of friction for e commerce? And to what degree is it possible for Shopify to develop solutions to address these remaining points of friction, or are some outside of the control of the company?
3: That's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't think there are insurmountable challenges in the world. It ends up being just a question of time and capital allocation. Um, so, um, it's certainly in scope for us to make the world thing, uh, as, as simple as possible. Like, I mean, literally the, I mean, the, 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 the ideal way for us to do the with our a human network is employ teleportation. <laughs> like, if you can figure out the physics related to that and can just make Things appear on the desk, right, when you want them, then, uh, that's, that, that would be awesome. Um, failing that, we we're sort of, like, this is actually our starting point. Uh, this is literally the first line in the memo I wrote for the SFN. Uh, um, and then we walk backwards, uh, towards what's possible. Um, and of course there's, like, logistics is hard. I, I'm sure everyone, I, I know this is, you hear this from everyone in the logistics world, but, it's hard and it's really, 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 really harder than people think, even those who know that it's hard. Um, so, um, there, there's a lot of friction in, in, in this process and a lot of that is hard to see right now how to avoid it. Uh, like processes can only get you so much and, um, and, uh, um, software can only do so much. Like there's headroom, um, but there's finite headroom. So uh, in, in the end, you will have to, um, uh, the way you're dealing this, things going wrong, it ends up being much more important than the quality of the processes when everything goes right, which is, I mean, that obviously this is, everyone knows that this is true everywhere now thanks to COVID and um various pieces of writing by Nelson Taleb. Um, so, we want to solve the whole set of friction. Um, uh, it, logistics has a lot of it. Um, informa- like, there, there's a information a lot of the friction exists right now in, uh, different systems not talking to each other. Like the systems of logistics knows how long it will take to get the package to people unless something goes really, really, really wrong. But the systems aren't sophisticated enough to really resurface this back to the buyer at the time when they want to purchase. And, and so that's a lot of our work goes into, in, into bridging, um, uh, some legacy systems to to, 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 to to modern systems. There's a lot of machine learning that can help um, get, getting more specificity around this. And so you're chipping away one step at a time.
1: Thank you, Paul.
0: Our next question comes from Brad Zelnick of Credit Suisse. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks so much, and congrats again on all the success. Um, Toby, I actually want to follow up on that last question. You know, in the past, you've talked about How the pandemic has accelerated e-commerce trends by a decade. And, you know, in terms of solving the the problems ahead of us and and things to come, you know, there's no doubt Shopify is capitalizing on this opportunity today, but you said these adjacencies and uh, really it comes down to time and and capital allocation. But with, with $6 billion in cash, why not deploy more capital to even further distance Shopify ahead of everybody else? To, to ensure your leadership for more years to come.
3: I mean, that's a fantastic question, and um, I I don't know the best way to to, to answer it. Like, I, I think that the, we have a, uh, the money in the bank for optionality, and there's not the like, we will use it. <laughs> um, we. Um, but there is a. I, I mean, I, I think I hope that we've shown that we are prudent, uh, capital allocators. Um, uh, and I, I think actually we are. we are probably not the best company in the world at capital allocation, like it's from a financial thing, but I think we might be amongst the best companies in the world in attention allocation, which is actually the much more finite resource. Um, and so, um. This this is the this is the tricky thing like um there, there's a, there's a lot of reductionist thinking especially about M and A which sort of where people think that a deal ends up um ends up at the uh, transaction uh, time or when the money's in the bank like the the, the opportunity cost of integrating is enormous right and so we're trying to take a world picture perspective so um, this has made us potentially more careful but I also think just more realistic about um uh, what M and A can do for a company. Like in the past, um, but we are also like rethinking every one of our uh, previous approaches and biases and learn from it all. Right? Like so, um, very well. Maybe that uh, we're going to see a lot of things that 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 would help us accelerate the roadmap. But that's that's going to be the way to do it. Like we we will um, uh, want to accelerate our roadmap through M and A. That's all. That's all the MA and deals we have done were uh, uh, do, uh done in this way. Um, uh, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I'm not a. I'm I'm not a huge fan of uh, M&A for uh, acquiring revenue. So, it's so going to be the strategy going forward.
1: Great, right, thank you, Brad. Our
0: next question comes from Richard C. of National Bank Financial. Please go ahead.
6: Yes, uh, thank you. So, it's obviously been a challenging environment. Uh, So, kind of outside of the obvious operating response, has there been any change uh, from your former strategic plans going forward? Because I know some organizational changes in this quarter. Uh, Perhaps you could sort of talk about that.
3: Um, I, I mean, like... You know, what hasn't changed? Um, the, the, uh, the first thing I asked the company to do is like, um, delete all plans when COVID happened. Uh, it's, it's times of uh, significant change are like times where the most adaptable um, are, are, are doing well. Now, I, I think we have a better idea for the shape of uh, what's happened. We've seen the acceleration of e-commerce. I, I think we've seen sort of the final um, uh, truth in that, like, it's, it's really retail built. Uh, it's, it's, e-commerce is a sort of, it's a, it's, it's a tactical channel. Um, it all has to be combined. Um, we, we, we saw that, like, I, I, this was really, um, you know, the content of my kickoff in 2012 was, a, <laughs> it was about like, hey, this is all going to go together. So it's like, this was not a surprise. It was not a surprise to anyone in the industry. Um, but we have, we have now, uh, I think shipped a lot of what we needed to do. We have, like I said, we are working on a lot of, like, really sort of detailed, machine learning modeling to try to get make sure that uh, we we can do an even better job forecasting demand and and, uh, assessing risk and um, um, uh, telling people when their packages arrive and all these kind of things. So um, we're now going really, really deep on the various things that we've launched over over the last half year. So now what organizationally for us a really important thing now is to go and build infrastructure again because um, I think great products I mean, great products are basically just pick an important topic and get a million t- tiny little details right. But the only way to get details right is to be able to draw on infrastructure you've built and built up over years. And so like this is maybe going to, um, organizationally just make sure that, um, we're building up the infrastructure that a company that can serve, uh, millions, millions, of millions of business around the world, um, uh, can, can, can support. So there's lots of, like, I mean, this is not what I'm thinking of when I say this because uh, there's a million things. Um, that are related to this, but the around-the-world thing is really important. Like, we, we've just spent a lot of time, for instance, uh, on, on on performance work. Like, so we, um, in, in some cases, we're now lo- um, serving uh, people in Australia from Australia, which is sort of global deployment. This is the kind of thing, again, we can do at scale for the entire platform, uh, which um, but no individual... Retailer could really, I, I, small small medium business would not invest in this kind of deployment otherwise. So there's a lot of these kind of uh, things that we can do now because of infrastructure work we've done a couple of years ago. And it's really important to keep that balance that the interst- in, like infrastructure is basically with fuel um, that, you, that you run the engine off and, and we rev the engine pretty hard for COVID so we need to make sure we, we, we uh, fill the fuel again.
1: Thank you, Richard. Our
0: next question comes from Walter Pritchard of City. Please go ahead.
1: Hi,
6: I'm wondering if you could uh, update us on uh, how you're thinking about the marketing channel, your uh, your email product that's been out there, and and uh, the partnerships you have, and, and and sort of what impact that's having, driving the, the front end. Obviously, d- demand is very strong generally, so it may be hard to tell. But just curious how uh, how the current environment and what you're seeing there may uh, may impact your views.
2: Thanks for that. Charlie uh, here. So a couple of things on email. Uh, as you uh, as you as you heard earlier, uh, we've now uh, merchants have now sent out uh, more than 500 million uh, emails in, in Q3, um, and we've now also in, uh, there's now a monetization model around email. So uh, you know 2,500 emails are free, and then it's a dollar uh, per thousand emails after that. The reason we're doing email, and the reason that we've, we're spending time investing in the marketing channels and generally marketing for merchants, is that for a lot of merchants, getting the products, making the products. Uh, building the online store and building the retail model is, they can do that. We've, we've given them the tools to do so. But finding customers is something that, uh, you know, remains, uh, remains a challenge. So anything we can do that further levels the playing field so that they can have a single dashboard where they can see where their traffic is coming from, what's converting better than other, other, other uh, traffic sources, and therefore they can go in and invest further in those channels. That is going to be helpful. Toby mentioned earlier that retail in itself is not overly complicated, but bringing it all together into that centralized retail operating system, that really is the value of Shopify, that we take all the different pain points, all the different challenge areas, and we simplify them so that small businesses can become very large businesses uh, on our platform uh, in, in the long run. So whether it's email or it's new things we're doing with TikTok, for example, uh, or if any of the other marketing channels we have, what we're trying to do is make it easier for merchants to get started and then to scale their businesses indefinitely on Shopify and email and, and, and some of the other stuff we've announced recently are, are just more, uh, you know, for, furthering that that goal and that, that objective.
1: Great. Thanks for your question, Walter.
0: Our next question comes from Darren Afdahi of Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead.
6: Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, Thanks for taking my question. I congrats on your uh, results. Um, question on um, the mix of uh, domestic versus uh, kind of non-English-speaking uh, merchant ads in the quarter, and then I'm kind of curious about the relative conversion rate of those uh, the two segments. Thanks.
5: So we saw a similar trends across all of the regions, um, very comparable uh, to the overall Trend that you saw sort of strong internationally as well as in our core English speaking, and the, the conversion um, numbers were uh, were similar as well.
3: I think one thing okay. I, I, I'd like to just like add is um, con- conversion numbers are one of those super unobvious things. Uh, just just I, I, I know they matter a lot of in the enterprise space, but like it's uh, in, in the SMB space, um, the company might actually get significantly better while the conversion rate goes down because you're 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 feeling like your marketing's better you're filling more people in the funnel there's more general interest in and in, in in the topic of entrepreneurship so um, as people are developing their models i, I would encourage not to use um, conversion rate as, as as kind of a proxy for health
2: um, so just i just sense yeah, well, one, one final point on that. I think many of you know, but but Q3 2020, uh, the United States had a record number of new business creations, uh, since, actually the highest it's been since 2004. What we're trying to do is we want to capture anyone who's thinking about starting a business, whether or not they become the next, you know, Gymshark or the next Allbirds, uh, it remains to be seen. But the idea is that we want to capture anyone who has any ambition to start a business on
1: Shopify. Great. Okay, thanks, Darren?
0: Our next question comes from Brian Peterson of Raymond James. Please go ahead.
6: Hi everyone, thanks for taking the question. So Harley, I just wanted to hit on the plus strength. Obviously, that was strongest quarter. I'm curious, uh, how should we think about the, the upgrades versus net new logos and anything you can share on competitive dynamics?
2: Thank you. Thanks for the question. Yeah, so uh, Plus had its second consecutive record quarter of net new merchants in Q3. Uh, it wasn't just upgrades, it was also a, a lot of strong new brands joined the platform command line. in some cases for the very first time. We also continue to see these re-platforming uh, from other providers and, and they're coming to us because of flexibility, cost effectiveness of the platform. What seems to be happening is that the world is refactoring off of old legacy systems to modern platforms. And, and you see that effect, uh, you, you will see that effect on RGMB in the future with Plus. So a part of it is, you know, we, we, we're seeing upgrades, we're seeing more merchants become more successful on our platform, but we're also seeing, uh, continued migrations. And, and as I mentioned earlier, brands like Dior or Telefonica or Jenny Craig, some of these brands didn't sell online ever before. Some of them were migrating from legacy platforms. Uh, and with new products that were coming, that were, uh, that were developing for these larger merchants, whether it's automation, enhancing flow to make it easier for, uh, for merchants to automate their business tasks, or integrate with other platforms, or it's the new Plus admin, which uh, allows for far more flexibility. And you know, the multi-shop admin on itself, uh, it's been quickly adopted because it allows large brands to manage large organizations, have all the security that they require. And um, and I think, um, you know, as I said in the glass court in the earnings call, Shopify Plus remains the best solution and certainly the best value for enterprise and, and fast growing brands.
1: Thank you, Brian.
0: Our next question comes from Samad Samana of Jefferies. Please go ahead.
6: Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my questions in a, in a great quarter. Uh, first, Toby, we, we won't factor in teleportation into economics into our take rate, but we're hopeful you'll get there. But uh, but for the short term, Amy, my question is on sales and marketing, uh, shop is seeing incredible efficiency you know, with record net ads without really a material dollar increase in sales and marketing. How should we think about that s efficiency, and is this leverage sustainable, um, and, and maybe just what's the short, I guess, shorter-medium-term philosophy on, on investing in that sales and marketing line? Thanks again for taking my question.
5: Yeah, um, so uh, we have seen uh, efficiencies or operating leverage uh, on the sales and marketing line, and uh, really first and foremost driven by the significant growth in, in revenue. Uh, but also keep in mind that with COVID um, it's reduced some of our um, event marketing. Uh we've also been uh more intentional about brand and studio spend into COVID uh and really um, we decided to uh to pull back on some of the brand work that we did in 2019 and focus uh, more on meeting the immediate needs of merchants during COVID with, like, the 90-day free trial instead. Um, and actually, I would say we're leaning into this opportunity that we see with new business formation increasing um, and spending more uh, for online marketing and some other initiatives that, um, that we're doing, uh, including the Operation HOPE announcement that we made where we see some real opportunity to widen the upper part of the funnel and continue to um, democratize commerce. Um, So uh, there is leverage there, but um, where we see opportunity, we're going to lean into
1: it. Thanks, Samad.
0: Our next question comes from Koji Ikeda of Oppenheimer. Please go ahead.
2: Oh, great. Thanks for taking my questions, and congrats on a really great quarter. I wanted to ask you a question on take rate. Um, Our model shows that there was really just a slight compression in the take rate quarter in this quarter, and I know it's really nitpicking, but I wanted to ask, since we haven't seen take rate compression in our model since 2016, and also considering there are a lot more GMV uh, monetization levers today compared to four years ago, so was there anything meaningful that would have caused that compression in the take rate uh, this quarter that we should be aware of?
5: Yeah, so let me, let me review that with you, but first let me start by saying we did see a compression quarter over quarter, but we still posted a healthy gain year over year in our take rate. The quarter over quarter decrease uh, was driven by Shopify payments and payment transaction fees, and it was more a function of Q2 than anything specific to Q3. So let me walk you through Q2 first. Uh, in Q2, with the rush to online given COVID and the extended free trial that we offered, we saw two things happen. First, a jump in our GMV mix processed at the higher payment rates associated with lower cost subscription plans, our basic plan, for both Shopify payments as well as for the transaction fee for those not on Shopify payments. The second thing, we saw a dip in average order value in Q2, resulting in a higher fixed per transaction fee on a percentage or take rate basis. So fast forwarding to Q3, we saw a return to a mix more similar to our pre-COVID distribution with increased plus GPV mix quarter over quarter. As you know, plus is a lower payment take rate than basic, and plus had uh, a very strong Q3 growth in GPV. Second thing, in Q3, we saw a return to an average order value to pre-COVID levels. Similar to Q1, it went up versus Q2. So we fully expect our take rate will continue to rise over the long term. Uh, And we've been clear that mixed shifts and other movements like AOV may play a factor quarter over
1: quarter. Thanks, Koji.
0: Our next question comes from Egel Aronian of Leadbush Securities. Please go ahead.
6: Hey, good morning, everyone, and uh, thanks for taking my question. I want to ask about SFN, um, and as logistics obviously takes center stage a little bit more, um, it could help, help investors understand what, what are merchants considering when they're uh, thinking about SFN versus um, another 3PL or another shipping partner, um, or, you know, even if it's whether, you know, they're, they're fulfilling on their own versus moving to, um, to, to a 3PL and, um, you know, what, what are, what's in that, the, the consideration step for them? And as, as you move up and look at larger merchants, you know, what are the, what are the missing pieces? What, what do you need to, um, to kind of do around SFN to get your, your largest merchants on board? Um, I, I would think that they have a lot more complexities in, 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 in their needs. And then uh, just lastly, on, on, on the same topic, you, you the past couple quarters you updated on kind of uh, penetration volumes. Um, any update you can give around the, the numbers and volume um, during the 3Q? Thanks.
2: Yeah, so the number of merchants enrolled in, in Q3 was fairly consistent with, with Q2. Um, we're continuing to manage enrollment. We wanna build volumes at a rate that we can maintain really, really high quality standards um demand continues to increase in the quarter uh, just because i mean commerce is accelerating but also to your to your point uh merchants generally and retailers generally find that fulfillment is not something that uh that 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 is easy for them either they uh, are not able to maintain a uh, particular two-day delivery at a reasonable price that consumers are now beginning to uh, expect and, 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 and demand. Uh, what we think we can do is we can simply, you know, we now have about nine partner nodes uh, operational in the U.S. That's in addition to the R&D center we have in Ottawa, which opened in Q1. Four of those nodes are using uh, 6RS technology. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, make it so that merchants don't have to think about fulfillment. They don't have to think about their shipping. Now, who is going to be the exact Uh, target for SFN longer term. Well, the nice part of having some time to experiment is that we can figure out which merchant should put which products into our fulfillment network. And it may not be for every merchant. There's going to be smaller merchants who simply outgrow their living room as a fulfillment warehouse. There's going to be very large merchants who simply are unsatisfied with their existing 3PLs, and we think we can attract both sides of it. But we're trying to be, like everything else to do at Shopify, incredibly thoughtful of who we accept and how we deliver a great SSN service to them. And that's the reason why we're we're taking our time and, and building something that we think is going to be um, really high quality.
1: Great. Thanks, Miguel.
0: This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your
1: lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day.